Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey folks, it's Thursday. You know what that means. It means it's time to ignite the dynamite. The day after the dynamite. And welcome to another edition of Day After Dynamite. This is episode 46. Can't believe I've done 46 of these already. This is one of those shows that it was literally just an idea I had a year ago. And here we are, like four weeks away, because I think I've only taken two weeks off. I think we're four weeks away from this being one year of this show but welcome to day after dynamite i'm will washington i'm usually not alone here on this show i've really only done two by myself you usually find somebody next to me on this show and today my guest is somebody that i've wanted to have on this show for a while i've actually already had her on grapsity but one-on-one time you get to talk more you've known her from pro wrestling illustrated you know her from busted open she is the one and only Candice Cordelia. Candice. Hello. I feel like I should have a foghorn for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I need a foghorn. <laughs> Good to have you here, though. I'm glad you're here. Me too. Thank you so much. Like, this is such a treat and a great way to finish out ooh, a really hectic and emotional week. So thank you. Yeah, this... Uh... This was a much heavier week. Last week was a heavy week, too. Um, I think this one is turning out to be a, uh, a way heavier week than I thought it was going to be. Um, 
You know, we walked into the week kind of having certain expectations for what Dynamite was going to be. And then those expectations really flipped on their head uh, on Tuesday. And we learned some new things about what Dynamite was going to be this week. And uh, this turned out to be a really, really emotional episode of the show that we're going to be talking about here and some of the news coming out of it. Um, I will say that I personally have a much lighter day than I did last week because last week was the uh, the Fightful Awards. And so I did seven straight hours of podcasting. I did this show followed by Ask Rhapsody, followed by the Fightful Awards. I really tried to space those apart. And watch me bring this back around. I really tried to space those apart because uh, you know I knew I was going to have podcasts stacked. And the original date, of course, for the Fightful Awards, it ended up airing January 19th. But the original date was supposed to be January 12th. But it turned out that somebody else dropped some awards on January 12th. And so uh, it wouldn't have really made sense for us to to stack ours on a day when somebody else had put those out. Do you know who that somebody else was, Candace? I'm just going to put this right here. <laughs> <laughs> I just got this. The other day, yes, was it yesterday or two days ago? And uh, yeah, shout out to PWI. I am PWI's PR at this rate. And thank you. Thank you for, you know, putting us in your thoughts. And and you, you guys could have dropped it if you wanted to. That would have probably been an ex, a really explosive day. But it most likely would have been even more interesting to see the contrast uh, between the Fightful Awards and the PWI Awards and what the fans voted for. But uh on our side, it was this year was was very interesting seeing the results. It was a complete drastic change from this year versus last year, where AEW basically swept most of the categories. And this year, it's just evenly split between AEW and WWE. So the fans are the fans are changing gears as the industry is, and it's quite something. Well, and that's a balance you kind of want to see, right? Because I same with the Fightful Awards. The Fightful Awards, we really had. Um, WWE won 12 categories, and I want to say AEW won 17, but three of those categories um, that AEW had won were categories that WWE didn't even really have a position in, like, uh, you know, like vlog of the year and things along those lines. Like, those are categories, of course, AEW is going to win when you think about uh, AEW and the way they present themselves versus WWE. Um, that That's just kind of the, the, the nature of the beast. And yeah, it was really evenly split when you really think about it of WWE really taking like like men's match of the year, you know, of course, Sheamus and uh, and Gunther won for the Intercontinental title. But then uh, and technically it was really Ring of Honor. So like I can't even really say that AEW took the uh, tag team match of the year because it's technically a Ring of Honor match. But like, come on, um, they're the same brand. Uh, <laughs> at some point, there'll be some distinction. But I think that right now it is the same everything like down to the crew it's all the same people uh running both properties and at some point it'll probably start to distinct itself out but either way uh yeah you, we are just starting to see a point where we're seeing a whole bunch of distinction so much in fact folks i know i normally host day after dynamite but uh this saturday night right here on youtube.com slash fightful your boy will also be hosting the royal rumble post show um, along with, uh, so Denise is going to be popping up um, uh, shortly afterward, and so is Sean. Um, they're both going to be uh, at the Rumble, and so uh, they, being at the post scrum, probably or post 
VD, it, Scrum is an AEW term, um, post-conference, uh, they'll be at that. So therefore, uh, they're going to be jumping in kind of late. But also, I'll, I'll be joined by Fightful Zone, Professor Nick Harrison. Uh, he will be on the show as well. So it's going to be a good time. Definitely check it out. Uh, that will be this Saturday, immediately following the Royal Rumble, which I'm very much looking forward to. It's my, one of my favorite events of the year. But not here to talk about any WWE content because this is Day After Dynamite. And don't forget, folks, with this being Day After Dynamite, send us your Super Chats. Send us your Humper Chats. Humperchats.com is a way to send us a Humper Chat. You can send those at any time. And if we get them before the end of the show, we may read them during the show. Uh, that's kind of the, the goal here is to make sure you get your voice heard on the show and it helps support what we do. I'm actually going to pull up those Humper Chats right now because I haven't even gotten to take a look at those. But we also have our Super Chats. YouTube.com slash Fightful is the way to send us a Super Chat. Um, and we got a super chat here. This one's from Van Twinblade. He says, hey, Will, what you doing on February 26th? I'll be watching Wasteland War Party, uh, Abuse, Rohit Raju, and Karam at Glory Pro Anniversary 6. Always with the Glory Pro plugs, Mr. Van Twinblade. I don't know what I'm doing February 26th. I could probably watch that. Uh, what am I doing February 26th? I think there is actually something I'm supposed to be doing. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like so far away. I know that specific date. My my February is like really booked. I know I have just a ton, just back to back podcasts. I know I'm booked for uh, like this weekend is going to be kind of insane um, because I've got uh, so just with Denise alone this weekend. I uh, I have the Royal Rumble post show, which she's going to be on. Then she and I are hosting. Um, after the week on her YouTube channel, which we host every Sunday. Um, by the way, it's a great show. If you're not checking that out, please watch after the week. And then on Tuesday, she's got the the show, um, the Amazon show she does. And that one, I'll be guest hosting with her as well. So just like back-to-back days of podcast, plus I still have Grapsity and Day After Dynamite and all these things. So it's good stuff. Uh, and yeah, we did get some Humper Chats. And so I want to make sure to get these read. And again, humperchats.com. Make sure when you're sending in a Humper Chat that you identify uh, what show that you're sending them in for. Because one of the things that um, I, I didn't get a chance to watch it in full. And so uh, I know that some people are going to have some thoughts on it. And please feel free to send us your thoughts. Uh, but I haven't had a chance to watch the ring of honor show honoring jay the three-hour show that they just put up that they filmed last week in fresno that includes a lot of jay's career highlights um i haven't had a chance to watch the jay briscoe tribute show i kind of skimmed through it i stopped and i watched like a lot of the um the the video tributes that a lot of the the talent got to do i saw samoa joe's i saw uh adam cole i saw christopher daniels i haven't had a chance to watch the matches yet uh but if I get a chance to, I will definitely sit down. Three hours. Look, I haven't had three hours of my day yet. But once I do. <laughs> I'm with you uh, on that. Uh, Pablo sent in a humper chat. Says, happy dad, everyone. Thank you. Uh, he says, went to Lucha Libre and laughs last Friday. You know, I tried to go myself. And uh, it was sold out. So good, good oh. on Lucha Libre and laughs for... Um, the old Triple L here in Denver for pulling that off. They had a great card. They had, and honestly, my wife hit me up and she's like, do you want to do something tonight? Last Friday. And I was like, do you want to hit Lucha Libre and laughs? And so we tried to. Sold out. 
Uh, and it was so sold out that normally I have ways if it there's tickets if there's no tickets to to use them fightful credentials to get into something and they didn't even have room for me that way and so uh couldn't go uh but he says really fun show spoke to brian keith and dalton castle for a bit after super nice dudes i could tell dalton was in pain though what a tribute we got last night thank you jay um and yes yesterday we did get a big tribute to jay briscoe jay of course um yesterday was actually his birthday and so uh you know there were some stories that kind of came out we talked last week uh about the fact that we we had it confirmed that tony khan had attempted to do a tribute last week and was blocked from doing so and i do know that he fought for it he he said um that he 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 was trying and he really wanted to make that happen and uh he did everything in his power to make it happen and i think that combined with a lot of the public outcry kind of gave people or gave the people at warner brothers discovery the impression that i I think it changed some minds i think it showed that this was something people wanted that they wanted to see and that uh would be good on warner brothers discovery to give the people and they did um like i said last week my only thing i i wasn't willing to say and i'm still not willing to is i was never able to confirm that the reason that jay was not allowed on was the tweets um that i i've never gotten a concrete word on that and i feel like all the only thing i've ever gotten concrete was that Warner Brothers Discovery was the driving force behind whether or not the Briscoes could appear on the show. But uh, they rescinded it. They lifted it. They are okay with, you know, these aren't the circumstances we would want to see this in, of course. Um, I would have loved to have seen the Briscoes as the Briscoes performing as a tag team on the show. And that's a really cool thing. Uh, But we... But what we got, I think shows a willing the the willingness to change their minds on it i think is still something to be commended here and tony fighting for it and making it happen i think is something that they should be proud of and they should be proud of what they put on last night for jay briscoe yeah i i can't imagine just what that moment felt like for those two in the ring uh, mark and, and jay lethal and you know jay lethal was so emotional and and it, that moment was something else. I'm, I'm like you, Will. I'm very glad that they were able to pull that off, and that Tony was able to get that, you know, in motion and, and get the green light for that because that was a very special moment for that match and that tribute. Absolutely. Kim Gray says, "Had never seen a Briscoes match till now, but heard so much about them from Fightful and Busted Open." Hey, look at us. Uh, Last night showed me once again, wrestling is family. I hear that a lot from people. I have heard from so many people that their first experience with the Briscoes was the FTR matches, which mathematically makes sense, right? The most bought ROH pay-per-views were the three they did last year. And so, of course, you just do the numbers. There's no way it's not true that a lot of people's first matches of the Briscoes have been just in the last year. 
I know people who went to Ring of Honor at Supercard of Honor because they had been to the Curtis Colwell Center so many times for AEW shows. And so knowing that, oh, Ring of Honor is coming back here, but it's Tony Khan's run Ring of Honor. So I know that I'm getting more of an AEW show here. And so they decided to go out, but they had never seen Ring of Honor. I talked to people who were at the Supercard of Honor show who said that exact thing. And so I know for a fact that some people seeing the Briscoes for the first time was just this year, or just this past year. And so that is... Uh, it's it's a it's one of those like gifts and a curse kind of things where I wish more people had been exposed to what they brought to tag team wrestling for longer. I hate that it had to end here as people were just getting to know them as performers. Um, and yeah, it's it's just it's really unfortunate, but it's also fortunate that they did get to go out as, as Matt Jackson kind of or it was Nick Jackson, I think. No, Matt Jackson. Matt Jackson said it on FTR, but or on FTR, on BTE. Um, but with the way Matt Jackson said that, you know, they kind of got to go out on top, you know, winning all these match of the year awards and things along those lines. That's really, really cool. Um, yeah. And and I'm glad we're here. And then also, uh, Sean Ross Sapp was at uh, Dynamite last night, Lexington, Kentucky, his backyard. Um, he was actually supposed to be my, my guest on this show. And then He's got uh, Rumble Travels, and I so much appreciate Candice for, for being here. I've asked Candice before, and we were never able to make it line up, but yeah. this week it did. So, right. <laughs> uh, yeah. But Sean brought the Fightful Awards to Dynamite and distributed them, the physical awards, to the talent and that that's a really cool thing um the briscoes accepted or specifically mark briscoe accepted the tag team match of the year awards uh, on behalf of jay and um he's going to be giving the award he's going to be giving jay's award to ashley pew and the pew family and that's that's mm -hmm. really touching and really cool mm -hmm. so uh, Carl Marx, that is not your real name, Carl, um, <laughs> says, hello, comrades. Hello, Carl. Maybe it is his real name. It's Carl. That is the, no, that is not Carl Marx. I mean, it's <laughs> Carl with a C, but uh, uh, either way, thank you for the super chat. Uh, there was other news that came out of Dynamite last night. We had heard going into the show that Britt Baker had an injury that was preventing mm -hmm. her from working the match last night we are told and uh credit to where it's due the observer got it out there first and f4w noting that the injury was uh not significant and it was basically significant enough to keep her out of the ring for a week but not significant enough to basically write her out of programming that uh, as tony said the match is going to happen the three-way match it was originally scheduled to be Britt Baker taking on Ruby Soho, taking on um, Tony Storm, the newly healed Tony Storm. Yeah. Uh, Britt is not going to be out too long. And so um, this was one of those things where she just didn't need to work last night's show. It wouldn't have been a good idea. And so she didn't. And so that's that's the story. And she will be back soon. And when she's back, we're going to get that three-way. So it's kind of cool. There's a There's a story to tell with that. All right. Will, I have a quick question. 
What do you, excuse me, what do you think about Tony turning heel? Because I feel like some people are not down for it. You know, Tony is one of the most interesting talents in AEW to me because she is an incredible worker. I think that, um, and I don't just mean that in terms of she does great in-ring work. I mean, she works like Tony went on a 10 week run on dynamite where every single week she was doing something on dynamite and like through that interim women's title run. And then of course, um, she had the orbital injury. And so she hadn't been there since full gear, but since she's been back, she's worked every dynamite since she's been back, uh, where it has just been a straight Tony storm was on, uh, she worked the LA show. And then the very next week she worked the Fresno show. She worked last night in Lexington, Kentucky. It was like, she just works when Tony storm is on, they don't turn her off. She just goes. But I feel like through all of that, something felt like it was disconnected. Like she's been doing all this consistent work, but the crowd hasn't been getting behind her. Yeah. And the crowds really wanted Jamie Hayter. Uh, when she had that 10 week run, the crowds were chanting for Jamie, but she was doing the work I thought Tony was. And so for me, I think this is the best way to meet in the middle. I think if she is gonna continue doing the work she's doing, but the crowd doesn't seem to want to cheer her, let her continue doing the work, but give her, give the crowds a reason to react. And mm -hmm. I think in that sense, put her against the people the crowds love and piss them off. Yeah. And I think that that is, you know, it's kind of the, the Roman Reigns adage, right? Where it's like, Roman wasn't a bad worker as a baby face. He just wasn't connecting. And yeah. so like, that didn't mean take him off TV. That meant adjust him and align him in a way where the fans can get into him. Mm -hmm. And so I think with Tony Storm, the right call, I think was to put her against the fans, not try and force the fans to cheer. I agree with that. And I was I was waiting to see Jamie. Oh my goodness, excuse me, my throat. Um, I was waiting to see Jamie last night and I was thinking, where is she? What's going on? And then they announced her for Rampage and I was like, Cool. I'm I'm here for that Emmy Sakura match. I'm mm -hmm. I'm ready for it. Bring and and well, it, there's cool two cool things about that. One, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, folks. Has Emmy Sakura been on TV since 2019? I was just thinking that like last week. Yeah. <laughs> like I know. Yeah. She is a mainstay of dark. She is a mainstay of elevation. Um, yeah. Her theme still a bop. But you know what? When she but when's the last time she's actually had a TV match, a Dynamite or a Rampage? Thank you. It's time. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So uh, with that said, yeah, I was very excited to see that. And then also, it feels like they may have stumbled upon something. Because, uh, and no, pay-per-view buy-ins don't count either. Um, but uh, have they stumbled upon something? Because last yeah. week... The women did main event dine or ma main event rampage. Um, the uh, the street fight that had uh, certain people up in arms. And you know what? Yeah. Ratings were that was one of the best rated dynam or rampage main events in a long time. Rampage usually you can almost set your watch by it. Usually sinks as the so show goes throughout. But that was one of the rare times where the uh, main event actually went up. 
I think that's kind of a good litmus test for women main eventing. I think that uh, letting, because it is the main event this week, by the way, the Emi Sakura versus Jamie Hayter match is the main event of Rampage this week. And I think that uh, that's really cool and interesting and a good way to kind of test the water with the audiences. I have not seen that street fight yet. Really? haven't seen the street fight. I haven't. I've only seen the clip of of Anna Jay, you know, taking that bump. That's literally, Mm -hmm. I remember it caused such a stir on Twitter. And I was like, what happened? What happened? And then I saw it. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to, I have to watch this because, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I hope she's okay. Yeah. um, And I, I haven't heard anything kind of severe on that, but uh, I, I guess we shall see. Hey, folks, you know what time of the show it is? Will Washington! How are you, pal? I'm good, Jeremy. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Candace, how are you? There's, there's one guy, by the way, who absolutely hates this bit and comments every single week about how much they hate Jeremy running. Do they? Wow. Yeah, every great. week there's one guy who comments. Where uh, oh, is I get I get a lot of people who, for some reason, they seem to like this bit, and uh-huh. they they say that they love my energy of you know this is how I need to be greeted everywhere by everybody the same energy Jeremy greets Will Washington with. I'm I'm always excited to be here to talk to you. Yeah, to see you no, love absolutely, face, Will. <laughs> absolutely. No, I love it. Are you kidding me? I get excited. You see the look on my face as soon as I hear Will Washington. It's great. I love it. Um, but no, I I also. Uh, I, I very much read feedback to the show. I read it all. And there's like one guy who every week is like, you got to drop the Jeremy bit. And I thought, no, this is, look, Jeremy, first off, greenlit this show. He did. Jeremy absolutely greenlit um, Day After Dynamite. He, he, because, he's, yeah, because you're Will Washington. And like I, I've told the story many times, you said, hey, can I do this? I'm like, yes, you are Will Washington. You can do whatever the hell you want to. <laughs> That's why I greenlit it. I, I have so much love and respect for you that I was like, "Yeah, if this is what you want to do, go for it." Yes, and and Jeremy did did give me that. So, um, look, if he wants to stop in, he can stop in and say hi, and he gets to say hi to my guests. I also think it is like the fact that he brought up kind of the forbidden door bit is actually really great, and uh, I like. Yeah, I mean, you're the reason that that Nick Harrison, who's doing the Rumble show with, with you on on Saturday, he he appeared on FMC our non-wrestling show did our basketball preview he's going to be back for our all-star game uh like preview and talk and everything so i i never talked to nick be, before that little, little run in with you and so that helped and i've followed other people adam uh my my avalanche buddy now like never talked to him before this this is my first time meeting candace virtually so it, it connects as i said you are the forbidden door you connect me <laughs> with a bunch of people and then like i run in here and badger you every week then i badger them to appear on other shows with me so it works it. yeah <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's always great and uh you know it's funny we got orion ben 666 says jeremy is rick james to wills charlie murphy so somebody said that it may have, it may have been uh, Orion as well of saying like is that where you took it from of like is that what your inspiration from I was like I don't think it started like that but now every time I do it like yeah it one hundred percent that's that's what I feel like it sounds like yeah that makes perfect sense man you know it really gets me though that those 
Charlie Murphy, True Hollywood Stories. It really gets me that like everyone from those is gone. That like Rick James died like like a year after, and then of course Prince died twenty sixteen. Charlie Murphy died. I forget what year Charlie Murphy died. Mm-hmm. But just thinking about how like man, everybody from those sketches is like gone, and those <sighs> those stories like shaped so much of my sense of humor. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? When uh, last year or no, it was two years ago at Double or Nothing. When in the Kenny versus uh, Pac versus Orange Cassidy and Kenny uh, kicked Pac in his chest and Pac flew across the ring. Are you kidding me? That I only had one thought when that happened. <laughs> Literally only one thought. That's one of my favorites. I think somebody actually did like set the audio to uh, <laughs> from the uh, from the Charlie Murphy bit. So. Either way, Jennifer says uh, Jeremy is family. Aww. Thanks, Jennifer. She she knows the the Fast and Furious love. She she gets that as well. You gotta live your life a quarter mile at a time. Candace, do you live your life a quarter mile at a time? At this rate, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> no regrets. <laughs> Come on now. We're coming out of this pandemic. You you just go for it. Go for That's it. Right. That's yeah. Right. That's, that's the only way to live life. I I will not stay any longer to the one person that hates the bit. Sorry. I'll be back (laughs) next week. (laughs) Bye, Hope the weather is is good there. Uh, And Nuggets will get back on track. People were expecting me to to, to Thunder beat the Nuggets. I'm I'm pulling for the Nuggets this year. I mean, last ten in the last ten games are still eight and two. It's just they didn't have Jokic. Like they didn't have Jokic. Yeah, yesterday. Yesterday they were missing four starters, and so. and the fact that it was again, it, it's one of those things where it's like, even in loss, some would say that uh, there's growth. It, it's it's a it's a good testament to yeah. how did this team perform without Jamal Murray? How did they perform without Jokic? How did they perform without Michael Porter Jr.? Like when I see that, I think um, I at least got. I was not expecting a win against Milwaukee. Like I know the the term scheduled loss is a thing that is a lot of people call an excuse but to me i'm like look when you're missing four starters and you're up against um the milwaukee bucks who like they had a fully healthy Giannis, who had a great game and they're on the road i was like you know what let's kind of take that one on the chin hopefully they're a little more together against philadelphia on saturday because the sixers are a beast of a team it's talking to the girl from philly like come on out <laughs> Pictures, Eagles, Union, like, we're, we're I'm so it's proud. A, How are you feeling about you the Eagles, Candice? How are you feeling? We're winning the Super Bowl. I've already managed <laughs> to understand everything that I've, I've envisioned is coming to pass, and we're winning the Super Bowl. I'm going to get my parade experience because I missed it the last time they won, and it's just going to be pandemonium in the streets as the last time they won. So I'm sorry to who, whoever they go up against. I'm, you know, good luck to you, but we're winning. <laughs> was that, was we're it winning. SNL who said, um, uh, they, they had the bit where, uh, following the Philadelphia 76ers, or not 76ers, the Eagles game, um, there was pandemonium in the streets, which does not indicate whether or not they won or lost. <laughs> you know, as soon as I said it, as soon as the words came out of my mouth, I was like, I regret that. I know the reputation you have. <laughs> It is what it is. I, I mean, I, I'm just, but I'm here for the Eagles. So, yeah, yeah we are winning. I'm, I'm, 
putting that out there. We are winning. I can't wait. I love it. I love the energy. Best of luck to your Eagles against the Niners. I don't really know any Niners fans off the top of my head, so I don't. I don't care what. Oh, I do, I do because is hold Reg on. a Niners fan? No, it, it more okay. so. It has more to do with living in Denver. So, oh. quick story. But for whatever reason, and I've never seen this with any other team, but there, I take that back, Raiders as well. But here in Denver, there is this collective of Niners fans that have this gathering. And for whatever reason, they do the gathering at the park by my house. And so they do this annual gathering of the Niners. They call themselves like Colorado 49ers fans. And they all... Uh, and the last time it happened was on my son's birthday. That was where I realized that it was even a thing was we were throwing a birthday party for my son and uh, the park is like packed and all of these people are in their red and gold jerseys. There's people just flying these Niners flags. And I thought, how are there this many 49ers fans in Denver where you have a team that's won the Super Bowl more recently than the 49ers? What is happening here? That doesn't, this isn't computing to me. But that's like here. There's like a, a swath of Cowboys fans, which makes no, mm -hmm. I don't understand it. I'm like, well, especially are, considering the rivalry. Yeah. Right. I'm yeah. like, you're in, you're in Eagles territory. Why are you a Cowboys fan? I, I will never get that. But. Let me stop. I'm going to piss someone off. <laughs> this, this is why people hate the run-in, by the way, because I just get y'all yeah. off track. You don't talk about dynamite anytime. Van, Van Twinblade says, Jeremy is a dweeb, but he's our dweeb. Thank you. Thanks, Van Twinblade. All right. I will I will exit now. Bye, guys. Have a good show. Bye-bye. talking about dynamite. Uh, and so, yeah, we... Uh, back on the topic of Emmy, yeah, Chris Rain says the Jamie, uh, the hater Emmy match delivered big time too. That's what I'm hearing. Mm. Uh, I've I've heard very good things about it, so um, I won't get to watch it as it airs because I literally just bought tickets for Megan tomorrow, which starts exactly the time Rampage begins, so I won't be able to watch Rampage while it's on. Uh, but I I finally have to see Megan. Look, everybody's been talking about it, and. Um, I'm a big horror film fan. Me and too. Yes. And so, uh, like, obviously for people who know uh, my, my frequent guest on this show, Theron Reynolds, he obviously is um, my horror film go-to expert. That man, that man watches every horror film that comes out. The worse it is, like, the more he enjoys it. Like, when it's, like, those, like, really crappy, campy ones that you'll only find on, like, Shudder, like, those are his go-tos. Loves those. I'm here from, for that. <laughs> but for for me, like, you know, I, I just I like a good scare and I like yeah. suspense and I love things along those lines. So I will um, I will. And yeah, definitely check out Theron's YouTube channel, by the way, as the chat is noting, as Jennifer said, Theron is dope. He has a great YouTube channel. Um, everybody check out his YouTube channel uh, as he reviews scary movies. That's his thing. So, yeah, that's my favorite uh, genre. Sorry, I'm, I'm so happy now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it's. Well, uh, did you see Megan? I haven't. I haven't. I plan to see it next week. I just haven't had mm -hmm. the time. There's so much happening. But uh, let me know how it is because I hear it's amazing, and yeah. they're already planning the second one for I think 2024. So yeah, so. I'm here. I can't wait. I can't wait. I think it might be 2025. I think it's a two year gap. Oh, but either way, it's 
I can't wait that long. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I will definitely be seeing that. And um, and look, I don't know if people know this, uh, for the people who don't know this, but, uh, you know, obviously I host a lot of wrestling content. I get paid to do a lot of wrestling content. But uh, my, my full-time job is that I am a software developer, and the thing I do work on is uh, automation and AI. Um, that's what I work in. And so it's a field that is near and dear to me. And I, I like, like I'm a big Terminator fan. I love the concept of AI eventually becoming smarter than its programmer. Because ultimately, I am a programmer. And my goal should be to make my, uh, my content, what I'm producing, smarter than me. Um, and make it th get it to a point of where it no longer needs me. That's always the goal as a programmer. And so I love that concept in film. It's it's always so great. And his his YouTube channel, by the way, is called T Watches a Scary Movie. Um, and that's his YouTube channel. It's uh, he's been working on its growth, and he puts a lot of work into it. Uh, I definitely highly recommend checking out T's content because again, he's he's one of my best friends. I've known him since the ninth grade. And to age myself, that was 21 years ago. But uh, this is what we do. Um, look, I even like the, the the Disney Channel movie, the Smart House. Love Smart House, by the way. Gosh, that's <laughs> that's a throwback. <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm thinking of the last horror movie I saw recently on. I think it was Hulu, either Hulu or Peacock, called Sick. I, that was really intriguing because it was like all about the pandemic. So it was extremely relevant and it mm -hmm. went to a place that I was not expecting. So if you guys are into horror, then I, I definitely recommend sick. That was, that was a really cool movie. Nice. Yeah. I think it's hey, cool. we got a uh, Humper chat from Phantom who says, uh, Emmy's last TV match was on December 11th, 2019 versus Big Swole. So happy she's getting another chance. Not sure if you heard anything about it, Will, because honestly, it felt like she was banned from TV. I don't know if she was banned from TV. That's um, not really the case. I know what I, my understanding of Emmy Sakura's kind of standing with AEW was that, so when she left after 2019, um, she was intending on taking a bit of a kind of sabbatical. It was going to be just a few months that she was going to be away. She went back to Japan because she worked pretty consistent. Uh, excuse me. She had worked pretty consistently in AEW um, from about the really the start of AEW. She kind of came in and she had the feud with Riho. She had the match with Riho at full gear that year. And then she had a couple more matches afterward. Uh, like I said, she had, or like, that was said she had that match with Big Swole. Um, and that was really the match that put Big Swole over on TV. And then um, Emmy went back to Japan. And I think she was intending on coming back sooner. But pandemic, right? And she ended up not returning till AEW went back on the road. So that was a solid year and a half that we went without Emmy Sakura in any way, shape, or form. She was just gone. Um, and then I think from the time she's been back. Uh, and, you know, she's talked about how her goals were to get back on TV. Um, but a lot of what she's been there for, as far as her usage has been concerned, was really readying a lot of the women for TV. She's had a lot of 
Um, like a lot of her dark matches have been against some of the talent that they are ready to kind of move up onto TV. But I think there's a tremendous amount of respect for her. And you hear it, you heard it from Jamie Hayter this week, Jamie Hayter talking about uh, how Emi Sakura has been, um, you know, she's a legendary name, Japanese women's wrestling, and she's a big influence on who Jamie Hayter is. Uh, and yeah, just getting her on Rampage here, I think is really cool. And uh I th- hopefully it leads to something a little bit more for her. Um, but yeah, she's she's really been in a, a really solid protege role backstage and getting to give a lot of the women behind the scenes, or not even behind the scenes, but just kind of off TV doing it on dark and dark elevation, kind of giving them those matches that ready them for the spots on TV. But no, I don't think it was a banning thing per se. Uh, in I know... You know, I, very much in a similar to what the Briscoes had, because I know that's going to be the thought a lot of people have when it comes to uh, somebody not being on TV. The immediate thought's going to be, well, is it a Warner Brothers decision? Anything along those lines? I don't think that was the case here. Uh, Warner Brothers has had some eyebrows raised at certain talent that they weren't exactly like feeling like were TV pleasers, and maybe one day I'll I'll drop some names on that, but. That's one of those things I would like to get a little more confirmation on before I say stuff like that. But uh, um, Ricardo, surname loading, that's very funny, says, uh, Jay's uh, give, send, go is at 30, uh, sorry, 3,000, 3,000, 322,000. Thanks, everyone. I mean, th- look, everybody who donated to it, it's it's a very, very cool thing um, that there's been so much support. The thing I found really cool um, out of Ashley Pugh was there's been a lot of negativity toward the fan or toward the woman who was driving the other car. A lot of it. Um, I I heard Jim Cornette's rant um, on you know he he talked about Jay Briscoe and he gave a really emotional um, podcast about Jay Briscoe and what Jay Briscoe meant to him. But I thought it was a little. kind of out of pocket the way he was talking about the driver of the other car. And I think that we, we as wrestling fans kind of have to take a step back from kind of stuff like that and recognizing that, look, two people were lost. That's a tragedy. Like at the end of the day, um, there's two people who were lost here and nobody was walking through the day intending for this to happen. And so um, I'm saying all this to say that, you know, Ashley Pugh, one she straight up said i i want people donating to their family as well i want people um making sure that their family's taken care of because you know they lost a mom as well and it's uh she's not somebody to see as the enemy here she's not somebody to see as a perpetrator anything along those lines um and yeah uh if you can please donate to the family of the other driver as well because uh look there's two people without uh without a parent and that's the two families without a parent right now and one has the benefit of having a big fan base and working for a major company that can support the family uh but the other doesn't really have that and i i appreciated her noting that because again i didn't like a lot of what i was hearing from wrestling fans and kind of wrestling pundits about that kind of stuff you know she's just as much a victim here um and that's all that's all i have to say as far as that's uh concerned that's well put very well put 
Um, the uh, Jay Bronson says, while I wish it was last night uh, match under better, or while I wish it was, well, I wish it last night's match under was under better circumstances. I hope to see more Mark Briscoe on AWTV. Also, when the Nuggets retire number 15, should it be for Jokic only or Melo also? I mean, at this point, Jokic, three-time MVP. Also, Jokic, um, oh, sorry, he's not quite three-time MVP, but he's about to be. You know he is the MVP this year. Don't argue with me. That man is the MVP. Uh, I don't want to hear about Luka. I mean, Luka's great, but I don't want to hear it. That man is the MVP. Also, he's played more. He's played more games for the Nuggets than Carmelo has. So, like at this stage of his career, he is more of the Nuggets franchise guy than Carmelo. As much as like, look, Carmelo. Obviously, he was NBA live cover. I loved Carmelo. I love Carmelo. If they want to sign that man to a ten-day contract right now to let him retire a Nugget, I would love that. Actually, I think that's one of the coolest things the Nuggets could and should do. Um, wow. God, I. Got, <laughs> I gotta, look, I, I could probably start a Nuggets podcast at this point. Um, oh, gosh. Well, as a matter of fact, I did already register the name. Hold on. Are you ready for it? <laughs> Are you ready for the name I came up with for it? This is the first time I've said this publicly, Candice. Oh, I feel so. I'm blessed. Let's do it. All right. I called it Nug Life. What? I now you have. To <laughs> I know, right? Can I? I'll support it in spirit, but like, come on, up Philly, we don't. Yeah. I, I know. You know how? Uh, hey, are. and and, uh, and we stole Allen Iverson from you guys, so that's also great. Uh, the let's see. Oh, Orion Ben six 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 says uh, the ref <laughs> has to be Stefan. If you know, you know. Absolutely, <laughs> I agree. Uh, and the. Let's see. Anime Otaku says, uh, think we'll see a tea time bit in Emmy's match. We have to. We have to. Uh, Hold on. Craig Carter said this one's pretty good, too. He says basic nugganomics. That one's actually really good. Oh, Lord. Where are the Philly fans? Please speak up. Um, but either way, I'm glad you guys understand where I was going with Nug Life. Uh, but anyway, so that's that's a name I've been sitting on for a while, and uh, if if I could pull that off, I would absolutely. Uh, again, it's just, it's something I've been considering, um, and every season I'm like constantly thinking about it. You have to, well. That's- uh, and let's see. Uh, Christopher Swift says, sage words from Coleman and Riccoboni last night. Basically, let those you love and respect know how you feel. As such, mad respect to you, Will, and Dad. Yeah, I, I felt the same way. Um, I even, when Capri said that last night, I, I felt that. I felt like, um, you know, when he said the, the, the point about, you know, letting small things go, call your family, tell them you love them kind of things. That's how I've been feeling the last couple of weeks. Uh, I mean, the last week. It, it's, it's, you know, it's hard to be in this spot right now and, and knowing um, that, you know, Jay was here just a couple weeks ago. Uh, 
11 days ago, he was here. And just in a flash, he is gone. Like, that man was posting about, he was posting a tweet about his new hat. And a couple of hours later, he's just not here. And that, that's a hard one. But let's talk about All Elite Wrestling Dynamite. Yes. Let's ignite it. I have a question for you, Candice. What's up? Question for the chat as well. And I'm going to post this as a poll on Twitter. I'm just curious. We are now week four. We've seen four times. Actually, five tapings. How are you feeling four weeks in? A whole month. January is complete. You've gotten a whole month of the new set. The new stage. How do you feel about it? so weird because I didn't, it's strange. I didn't really, I don't want to say I didn't see a difference because I saw the stage had changed, but it wasn't, I guess it just wasn't what I expected it to be. That's not a bad thing, but it's Mm -hmm. just, I don't know. It's, I, I saw it and I was like, I didn't think to myself, Oh, I miss the old stage or, Oh, I miss it. It's I'm hopeful that this is a sign of more new things to come and greater things to come but i i I, it's weird it's weird i didn't think oh my gosh new stage like i love it but i don't hate it i just i guess i feel neutral about it i'm blabbering on huge difference like it's really i don't know so because i see uh somebody in the chat says i missed the heel and face tunnels they're still technically doing that they they are technically still coming out of because they have the two screens on the left and right side Mm -hmm. and so if you enter from behind the left screen versus entering behind the right screen it's still technically supposed to be the it's supposed to still have the same function as the tunnels but i can't see how you're not necessarily seeing that any longer Mm -hmm. um the it is interesting because like to me the old set uh and it was I, I will say when the new set debuted and this is a feeling that i've been trying to kind of find the right way to articulate but the old set i associate so much of the old set with cody um and when i say that i mean like the old set had the the chandelier thing in the middle which i associate twofold with cody because the first uh show that that was ever used at of course it raised up and it revealed the the triple h throne that cody smashed and then uh of course that's how cody made his entrance for the next two years of dynamite after that and so there's so much of that state that stage that i feel like is a cody rhodes thing that when the new stage debuted my immediate thought was there's nothing cody about this like i don't even see if cody were to come back tomorrow i would not see how he could return i mean how he could do his entrance any longer like the <laughs> elevator lift is gone there is no more way for cody to have the cody entrance it really does feel like a codyless AEW now um mm. i i have grown to love it i think that uh like, I know people are like, you know, they don't really like a, a whole thing full of LEDs and they'll compare it to WWE stage, which is just one giant LED. I think that this being a separated bunch of LEDs, I think. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? 
read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Gives it a sense of depth and like there are multiple pieces here i would love to see what they do pay-per-view wise with it because one of the yeah. things i do like is that they can kind of play around with the elements of it and it's like it could be the same stage for a pay-per-view but all of a sudden because it is seven screens you can change what each screen is and change what each screen is doing and so you can make it whatever you want to make it and make it feel unique in a sense. And I think that's kind of cool that you do have these kind of seven individual elements. Is it seven? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It is seven screens. Um, And so uh, I think there's just so much you can do with it to make it its own thing. Because I do think that the Rampage look does look very different from Dynamite each week. When you see they ch- them change it to the Rampage graphics or change it to the dark graphics or elevation. It looks different than the Dynamite ones. I'm with it. I actually do like it. And um, I don't it. somebody said it doesn't feel AEW. And I think that that's fair in the sense that AEW has definitely never had this much polish. And now all of a sudden AEW feels like a more polished product than it did before. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, when I saw the color scheme, and this is just, you know, after watching wrestling for quite some time, when whenever I see blue, I can't help but think SmackDown. That's just like an automatic mm-hmm. thing. So I, I don't want to compare the two, but it's like you start to associate different, certain colors with different shows. and But it's still distinctly AEW in a certain way, even if it's polished up. I think we're just so, like you were basically saying, there, there's a certain type of nostalgia. So the old set, it just seems quintessentially AEW. And it's hard to kind of extricate yourself from that nostalgia to new. Like 
people, some people just don't like change. So it's going to take some time to get used to, but yeah, still for me, I I don't hate it. I don't hate it. It's just going to be like something to take time to get used to. And then before I know it, it's just going to be, you know, that's AEW, that's a new set, keep things moving. But yeah, I can't help but think blue SmackDown, but that's me. That's just how my brain works. So, right. Yeah. Well, well, it is going to be interesting because again, wrestling fans are inherently nostalgic. Uh, That's just the way wrestling fans are. I give it a month before we start seeing people posting pictures of the old set going, remember the good old days? Remember back when gasoline was $4? And remember back when you could buy a carton of eggs for a dollar? Remember when the AEW set had tunnels and a chandelier? Like, this is going to be people in a month. A month, though. Change. Yeah. You either hate it or love it. What are you going to do? do but i like that they're changing things up and and doing some fresh new things and experimenting and yeah we're in a new era just solidified yes. so yeah yep well so show intros and as soon as the theme song is over we just are immediately halfway through chris jericho's entrance <laughs> and uh not gonna lie mm. i kind of like it i was like hey yeah i was i kind of liked it i was like you know what Chris Jericho's entrance, we've seen it a million times. Obviously, every crowd wants to be able to sing Judas, especially a crowd they've never been in. This was their first time in the state of Kentucky, first time, likes to take Kentucky Rupp Arena. Um, and so this crowd is going to want to sing Judas. But look, man, I've seen it. I've seen it a thousand times. I'm all right. I don't need it. Um, and so when it end, when it kicked in halfway through the intro and the fans are already singing, I was like, good for them. Because there's so much other stuff that's going to need time tonight that if you could somehow give the crowd their Judas moment but also cut it in half, fine by me. Somebody tweeted at me that they took my advice, which was if you need a bathroom break during AEW events, Judas is the right time to do it. Because if you've done it once, (laughs) you've done it a million times. And uh, again, I've been to enough shows seen Judas performed yeah it's it's a fun thing the first time it was a very fun thing to do i was right there judas in judas in my mind (laughs) now i'm like all right let me go hit the uh the the merch stands and see what i can pull off because by the time this song is over i'll have been able to get food and get some merch because everybody else wants to sing judas it's not that long you're able to get food and merch yeah, <laughs> so, so uh, it it works. Um, hold on, I'm gonna time it really quick. I just want to pull up <laughs> Judas by Fozzy, and I want to get to the point in the song where we get Judas and Judas in my mouth. Uh, I'm gonna do a little retweet. Uh, let's see. Um, it is. Okay, there it is. So it's at the one minute and 42 second mark. So you get almost a minute and a half of uh, Judas. That is, it's that serious. Well, you know what? <laughs> that cannot be enough time to get food alone. Those food lines are long, Will. But, that, but that's the thing. Everybody wants to sing Judas, right? So they're all in their seats. So that's where you're taking the advantage of going to get food while everybody else singing Judas. All right. Got you. That, that makes that's, sense. That's how you get it done, folks. Now, if everybody <laughs> starts doing it, then we've got a problem. Uh, yeah, blame you. We'll blame you. Either way, 
It was the reuniting of Les Sex Gods. Uh, it was Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara teaming up to take on Action Andretti and Ricky Starks. Now, the Jericho Appreciation Society has not had a win in this rivalry. We saw Action Andretti start off by getting his win over Chris Jericho. We saw then um, Action Andretti this past Friday on Rampage. He got a win over um, Daniel Garcia. We saw Ricky Starks, of course, on January 4th beat Chris Jericho. He then also beat Jake Hager. Literally, Jericho Appreciation Society has not looked well against these guys. Uh, they have had their number until tonight um, because here we saw in a very, very long opener, um, they gave these guys a lot of time to do their thing. Uh, and I know he's never going to win the fans back over. People hate the guy. I don't hate Sammy Guevara, guys. I think that... Uh, I still enjoy Sammy, and I think that the more people hate him, the more enjoyable he becomes. Mm -hmm. That I think he actually works best when he gets those Sammy sucks chants, and then when he'll do something that on most people would be considered spectacular in the crowd chants, you still suck. You still suck. That's actually entertaining to me, and I enjoy this stuff. So to me, Sammy Guevara... Um, I thought he was great here. Yeah. What did you think? Leaning into it. I mean, I agree with you. I, the first times I remember when I was in Queens last year and the reception to Sammy, Queens, New York, the reception to Sammy, I was taken aback because I, I was like, oh my gosh, the crowd hates this guy. I'd never seen anything like it live, to be honest. And I think at this point, the fact that he's just leaning into it, I mean, what are you going to do? Just be that dastardly heel and play into it and and just heal it up and i'm here for it i don't hate him either it's just hey sammy guevara he's a heel he's gonna do sammy guevara things did i appreciate what happened last night no i do not but (laughs) that's me i I love actually andretti and and ricky starks but you know i'm I'm very intrigued to see where this is gonna go like this whole feud and and i like Mm -hmm. this so yeah uh, and so, yeah, it, because, the, of course, they're still playing up the Sammy Guevara, Daniel Garcia story. And yes. uh, we did see Daniel Garcia uh, use the bat while Aubrey Edwards was distracted. And that led to um, Sammy Guevara hitting GTH on uh, on Action Andretti. One, two, three. And because I hear people asking, why is Action Andretti even in this role? I even saw Conan talk about this. I recognize why he's in this role. The only way that that Jericho angle, which they tried to do a very one, two, three kid type angle. The only way that angle would have worked was with somebody unknown. Had you kind of just plucked somebody that was known to the audience, I don't think it would have had the effect that it had. The fact that the crowd was chanting, let's go jobber. And they were into him as a jobber that they thought stood no chance against Jericho. That angle only worked with somebody who was unknown to the TV audience. And so now you have somebody who can be a fall guy in a time where you're trying to raise Ricky Starks' stock because Ricky Starks is in a position to 
um, be elevated in a feud with Chris Jericho. I don't think Ricky Stark should lose in this feud at all. But I think that the feud does need to have some kind of ebbs and flows. And so in this instance, for example, Ricky Starks' team needed to come up short. and But Ricky Starks shouldn't be getting pinned. So who do you have get pinned? Action Andretti, a guy who looks good enough to have beaten Chris Jericho a month ago, but was ultimately the guy who came up just a little bit short with uh, in the scenario because of the interference from the Jericho Appreciation Society. I think he's kind of the perfect guy for this role. I think if you used anybody else from the roster, you could potentially be um, slowing down their momentum in a way where using Action Andretti, he doesn't have any right now, but he has enough cachet from the victory over Jericho. That's my thoughts on why Action Andretti is the guy. Perfectly stated, to be quite honest. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I didn't even think about it like that, but it makes a ton of sense because my first thought was, I want to see more of Ricky Stark's solo. Why? What, what's with this pairing now? But yeah, I can see where this can go now. So it makes yeah. sense that he will be the fall guy. And because we, like you said, a lot of people don't know him. They're not familiar with him on TV. So mm-hmm. yeah. And I think you keep Ricky okay because ultimately the yeah. last thing we saw Ricky do was hit Rochambeau on Chris Jericho outside the ring. Ricky still fine and i think ricky's ultimately going to win this feud but i think if the feud is to have any type of setback for ricky in a way where ricky can still keep his keep looking strong i think action andretti is the way to do it and so i'm actually pretty okay with everything that's happened in this feud so far even the stuff i didn't think i was going to like i like the hager match last week um this is I think the stuff with this feud is actually working. I'm curious what stip they throw on on Ricky Starks versus Chris Jericho at Revolution, uh, but so far so good. Actually, I'm I'm pretty happy here. Love it. Here for it. All right. Revolution. Uh, oh my, it's coming up. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I uh, it is just in a few weeks. Is because, it? Yeah, it is. Um, and Snap Grapple Pop asks if I'm watching a movie or something, the lighting keeps changing. Is my lighting changing? Uh, because no. Uh, I mean, I have an arcade. Oh, the arcade. That's what it is. Uh, there's an arcade behind me, and it's running. Uh, it's currently running Hyper Street Fighter 2 um, from. It was the 2004 release where they combined all the Street Fighter 2s into one Street Fighter 2. Uh, but it's currently running on that arcade right there. That's what you're seeing, and that's the intro to the game because it's in a track mode. Uh, so, no, not watching a movie. It is an arcade <laughs> that's running behind me. Um, I can kind of shrink the shot. If you look here, you can see a little bit of it. But literally, it is uh, Hyper Street Fighter 2 running behind me. That's my go-to for Street Fighter 2s. If I really want to play a Street Fighter 2 game, I feel like hyper is the way to go because if you want the best of Turbo, you want the best of Super, you want Champion Edition, World Warrior, all of that, Hyper is the way to go. It's got everything. Anyway, though, <laughs> continuing on with All Elite Wrestling Dynamite, uh, we then saw uh, the, oh, yeah. Okay, so we had a very, very touching tribute video. I am huge on video packages, all of these things, and uh, I thought this one was really, really well done. 
um, we saw it, it was a, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I, I, it was lovely. Didn't want to be rude. <laughs> but I, no, I do ahead. have to shout out um, Zane Decker. I've worked with Zane before. He is a professional. I didn't even know that he is. I'm sure many people didn't know that he was the one to uh, call that video together and to do it. And it's, it was so pretty. So shout out to him. He's absolutely phenomenal when it comes to video work, directing, editing. Uh, amazing. Just amazing. Yeah. Um, and I'm really glad that uh, Tony owns all that footage um, yep. to get to to pay tribute to Jay Briscoe on national TV using the most important footage of Jay Briscoe's entire career. And Tony owns it all. That, that was kind of cool for that to all be in one place. Um, and... Yeah, I, I, I liked seeing that, especially, yeah, we got to see some of the great rivals of Jay Briscoe's, despite the fact that uh, that Jay, you know, uh, we saw footage of Kevin Steen, right? We got to see footage mm -hmm. of, I mean, that's an interesting thing alone in the fact that Tony owns the Ring of Honor library, and which means that he owns a lot of Kevin Owens' career. He owns a lot of... Uh, you know, now he owns more of Adam Cole's career than WWE does, right? Like, uh, it's it's interesting to think about how much content Tony Khan now is in possession of by being the owner of Ring of Honor, but to be able to do a full tribute to Jay Briscoe that way, that, that was awesome. Um, and I was really happy to see that. Uh, and then, so let's see, Marco Dominguez says he mentioned hyper street fighter 2 that warrants money champion edition guile is the way to go i don't know i like super blanca that is uh my go-to i think that um either way it's it's great to be able to have all of that variety and not have to because i hate ken's um i prefer his original kick before they changed it in super turbo so either way look guys you know me you can get me started on anything geeky and, and and we can go but uh we had the tnt title on the line house of blacks uh buddy matthews who hasn't really gotten much singles work in aew getting a tnt title match against darby allen um, kind of steal some notes from Twitter here. Uh, a lot of people while Buddy was in WWE called a lot of what he did a Kenny Omega tribute act. And so it was kind of interesting that Buddy Matthews now works in AEW and did a lot of Seth Rollins' stuff. Um, and... Uh, I thought this was interesting to me because um, it wasn't in a ripping off Seth Rollins kind of way. It very much felt like an homage to Seth Rollins. He did, um, the, of course, the buckle bomb. He did the the curb stomp. And he, of course, Buddy worked in, uh, when he was in WWE, he was the disciple of Seth Rollins. They had the tag team titles together. Uh, so... That was cool. I thought, can't believe I'm saying this, but he looked a little rusty. Huh. 
I, I thought this was a uh, I, I thought this was a good match, but I think for what we knew Buddy to be able to do as a singles performer, um, especially in those matches he had with Aleister Black back in WWE and all of that, uh, I thought he looked a little out of practice as a singles guy. I, I would like to see him have more TV stuff. I don't know. What did you think of the match? I liked it. Mm-hmm. I thought it's really interesting you say that because, of course, you know, going to social media, and I just watched it today. I just watched the match today, actually, because um, I didn't have a chance to last night. And a lot of the comments were praising Buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I was trying to think, when's the last time I saw him in the ring? Um, I liked it. Did I think it was like spectacular, amazing? I mean, it was good. I, I don't, I, I'm trying to think if I saw any rustiness from Buddy. Um, I don't think I did, but that's just me. That's my opinion. But all in all, I also think I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I mean, the amount of matches that I've seen prior and then, and then seeing this, um, like you said, I would like to see more of Buddy Matthews. I he's a phenomenal wrestler. I've never thought that Buddy was was someone that I wouldn't want to see in the ring. And him being in House of Black is so exciting to me because as a whole, I'm a huge House of Black girl. Like as soon as that music hits and I see Julia, I'm like, yes, what are we what are we gonna be privy to seeing tonight? I'm I'm here, I'm in the pew, give me my sermon. I'm for House of Black. But yeah, this match really showed me that I want to see more of Buddy because I feel like we haven't, we're, we're at the precipice of just seeing how much he really can do. Like, I feel like we haven't, we're, we're still waiting to see more and waiting to see what greatness can still be culled from him because I think there's just more to be seen from him. Um, but this match, it was good. It was decent. I didn't think it was horrible. I didn't think it was like, oh my gosh, I, it was crap. But yeah. That's pretty much my thoughts on it. It was pretty, it was decent. I liked it. I liked Darby Allen. I thought it was good. Yeah. I mean, I think Darby, Darby is uh, one of my favorite sellers in all of professional wrestling, mainly because yep. he makes everything look like he shouldn't be alive afterward. Yep. And uh, his selling here, I thought was, was very, very good. His selling post-match was very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you know, he ultimately got the victory uh, and I thought Samoa Joe was very good after the match. Uh, so after the match was over, Tony Schiavone gets in the ring. Darby kind of tries to make it to his feet. Bryce has to help him up. And uh, Darby is called out by Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe reminds him that he got lucky last time around. And this time around won't be won't be in his favor. And we've got now a no-holds-barred match for next week. Darby Allen one-on-one with Samoa Joe. Gee, wonder if this is where we're going to see Mr. Wardlow make his return. Right. I can't see it being any other way because I, I, as soon as this started and was put into motion, I was like, all right, we're going to get Samoa versus Darby. It's going to be absolutely crazy and nuts. Um, Darby has absolutely no fear. Samoa Joe has no fear. But we, at this point, have to see Wardlow interject. If he doesn't, I'd be very, like, worried, I guess, at that point because it, it just... To me, it doesn't make sense, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Sometimes you can never tell. Never tell mm-hmm. with the book. 
but yeah. Um, but yeah, I uh, and guys, like uh, this isn't me when I say that about Buddy. I again, something about the pacing just seemed a little off. I thought it was a good match. Um, I just, I I had this kind of standard for Buddy matches because of what I had seen from Buddy, but. I also recognize it was like three years ago. Um, and so I am, I think I want to see him do more singles work. I want to see him get more matches in. Uh, like the fact that this was his first since a squash he had back in like August. Uh, was August? Yeah, it's been a long time. And so I, I want to see more from Buddy. And that's, uh, I, I feel like I, I just want to see him in practice more. Like, look at Brian Danielson. That guy is working every single week, and every single week he's reminding us why he is the best. And I think that uh, that's probably the only way that can make it. I mean, that you can do that is continuing to do it. So mm-hmm. what I'm saying here is that I want to see more Buddy, basically. Uh, let's see. We... We then saw, uh, let me pull up the results here, trying to see what was next. So then, oh, we got an Adam Cole video. And he was training in the ring. Yes. He's on his way back to the ring. It seems like they're going to hold off his return match till Revolution. He he looked off and he was looking at the... uh, the way he was looking at the the sign at the top of the arena for Revolution seems like that's where his comeback match is going to be. I'm I'm looking forward to Babyface Adam Cole, Babyface Solo Adam Cole at that. We haven't gotten to see that, and I'm actually very ready for it. I'm so happy he's back. I'm just happy he's well, and and I'm like, take your time, Adam. Take your time. Do what mm-hmm. you gotta do. Gear yourself up. We'll be here for you at Revolution. So that was a treat. Yes. Love Adam Cole. Loved it. And then we had a tag match, Jungle Hook versus the <laughs> uh, the firms, Matt Hardy and Ethan Page. Um, Ethan Page is a hoot. I think Ethan Page is, <laughs> is very, very funny. Uh, and uh, I, I, I like, I, I've been keeping up with the stuff that he and Matt have been doing on Dark and Elevation. So seeing it finally get to TV. I was really hoping that Ethan Page was actually going to do the Hardy's entrance and do the banner, banner, banner that he's been doing. (laughs) But we didn't get to see it. Uh, Instead, he cut off the Hardy's music and upset the Mm -hmm. fans, really got to play heel here. Um, But look, Jungle Hook is is a money combination. The fans love them. They were a huge ratings draw. Uh, When we looked at the quarter hours, on the uh the match or the on the show they had in LA they were one of the highest drawing quarters i think there's something about these two that's drawn people in believe it i believe it i knew that was going to stick as soon as i heard the moniker jungle hook i was like <laughs> and then and then like not even midway through immediately i started thinking where is luchasaurus i have i he, he's on- injured he got he was injured oh. Luchasaurus was injured before Full Gear, but he held off on taking the time off until, because I believe the word was that he wanted to put over Jungle Boy in the cage match. And so he was going to do everything in his power to make sure that he could stay 
good enough, wrap it up enough for all of that so he could put over his dear friend in Jungle Boy, and then he's been off. But Luchasaurus is is very hurt, and so that's uh, the deal with him. I forget what the injury is. Chat, remind me. I think it's a – yeah, okay, so chat just said it was his um, arm slash shoulder. And, yeah, he took the time before he went got the surgery to um, basically – yeah, him and Christian were hurt. Like it was like that explains. Okay. Yeah, but he he was hurt before full gear, and he basically taped it up, wrapped it up, and did everything he could to get through that match with Jungle Boy, put him over, and put a bow on that feud. And now Luchasaurus got to take some time to recover. So shout out Luchasaurus. That's right. where he's at. Feel up, feel up, rest up. In the meantime, uh, we have good old Jungle Hook. <laughs> yes, Jungle Hook fans are into it. Um, and look, I I like Hook. I think that Hook doesn't do much, but what he does is so clean and so uh, smooth. And I just think that um, I just want to see keep. I want to see him keep doing that. Sorry, I have something on my nose. It's like itching and bogging me. Um, Anyway, um, but yeah, so the, uh, he, Luch, I mean, so Hook, again, he's uh, doing what he does and he continues to improve and I want to see more of it. I thought Stokely was hilarious in the intro, by the way, uh, telling, uh, <laughs> doing the Debo, and he posted it afterwards. He posted the, the Debo gif telling Isaiah Cassidy to give him the chain and put it around his neck. I love Stokely. Right. Oh my goodness. Everything just worked. That whole segment, it worked. It was just, it was just funny. It, all everyone involved. It's just, it was well done. I thought it was well mm -hmm. done and jungle hook. Yeah. They have something there. I hope they elongate that for as long as possible and not split them up. Like, you know, really quickly. So Keep Jungle Hook yeah. for a while, please. <laughs> like yeah, and we got some super chats. David Reed says, Wardlow going to powerbomb Joe through the ring next week. <laughs> We'd love to see it. Uh, Brent Lockman says, am I crazier? Did Ethan scream out the intro to Hardy's Monster Magnet theme prior to the twist of fate? He did. Um, <laughs> and Ethan Page is, again, Ethan Page is a fan at the end of the day, and he knew exactly what he was doing. And yeah, right before he did it, he gave an, oh, yeah. And like, that was so good. I I actually fell out of my seat. I love Ethan Page, and I think he's doing great stuff here. Uh, Chi-Town Spurs says, Stokely and Isaiah are magic together. Hopefully, we get to see this on TV more. Me too. Uh, but yes, that, that was a good catch. He absolutely did do that. Um... We then went to Family Therapy, yeah. The Acclaimed, and The Guns. Not to be confused with The Gun Club. Apparently, The Gun Club has to include Billy. When mm. it's just Austin and Colton, they are just The Guns. And uh, you know what's interesting? They all made some good points here. Um, the Guns did bring up how... There would be no acclaimed Billy Gunn, Scissor Me, Daddy, Ass relationship if it wasn't for them teaming together. And then after um, after Anthony Bowens got hurt and they were working as a trio where it was Max Caster with the guns for a little bit. And, uh, and of course, Anthony Bowens had to be in the wheelchair 
that's where scissor me daddy ass got over that wasn't a bad point actually uh and i thought that um austin's line of our issues as sons are billy's failures as a father were Mm -hmm. like damn that was pretty good uh that was a good line and uh Billy asked them, what do they want? And they said, those, the tag titles. Um, There's a piece of me wondering if they're going to do it and just put the belts on the guns. I was saying a couple weeks ago that I thought it's not a bad idea. Then I caught that promo from the guns last week, and I thought, ooh, maybe it is a bad idea. And now I'm thinking... I don't think FTR should be the ones to beat the acclaimed. Hmm. I don't want to see that because I think that's baby faces taking thunder from other baby faces. But I do think that if the plan is to put the belt on FTR one more time and give them the AEW title run that fans have been asking for, it's probably not a bad idea for them to get it from a couple of chicken shit heels who steal the belts from the other baby faces. So in that sense, I don't mind it if it's basically a vehicle to resume things with the guns and FTR. Hmm. What a quandary. <laughs> That's such a quandary because it, it could go either way. I, like a lot of other fans, want to see FTR. It's hard. It's like I love the acclaim, but you want to see FTR with those titles but mm. yeah um i will say that and i agree with what a lot of people are saying in the chat uh louis says no way the gun family therapy wouldn't have been better just ripping off the simpsons give us shock buttons and foam bats that would have been good um i was actually thinking and somebody just brought it up the fresh prince um the couples therapy with uh, uh where the jefferson showed up um that one's very good uh chris rains said that line from austin got a big reaction from the crowd it was a good line uh that was one of the better lines we heard there um so yeah i was again i just feel like if there are plans surrounding ftr um and they plan on because it didn't seem like the the stuff with the guns was over like it was finished like they literally last time FTR was referenced, it was the guns doing a funeral segment for FTR. They did the FTR IP stuff. I don't think they're done. And so uh, I am, I, I think that's probably where things are headed as far as transitioning the belts onto a couple of heels that FTR could then make some short work of. Uh, and what was next on the show? There's only actually a few more things to talk about. Um, we had we got the announcement: Hangman versus John Moxley one on one next week. Uh, back in Dayton, Ohio, Brian Cage took on Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson, stop me if you've heard this one. Is the goat? He is the greatest of all time. He is the. Uh, he is just so amazing at what he does. He is, I think, pound for pound, the best seller in the history 
of professional wrestling. There is nobody on Brian's level who sells like he does. And a good example of that was the story they were telling here. Okay, so somebody in the chat, Brent said, did you call him the Groot? Look, I was about to say greatest of all time and then shortened it to goat and ended up saying Groot. Um, I was like, wait, what did he do? <laughs> I meant to, no, he is the goat. All right. It was me. It's the uh, there. Yeah. So, <laughs> but he is the goat. Um, either way, Brian Danielson, mm. greatest seller to ever do this. And here's a good example. The story they were telling of this match, of course, was that Brian Cage was to uh, take out Brian Danielson's arm by any means. As MJF told him, I don't care if you win or lose the match, but take care of that man's arm. The way Brian was selling all of the damage to his arm from Brian Cage, so much so, like Brian just thinks about the little things, like the way he went for to, to do um, the head stomp that he normally does. Uh, and he grabbed Brian Cage's arms to do it. But in that sense, he starts clutching his own arm uh, as if to say, like, I don't have the strength to pull this off. Great stuff. And uh, the way he sold it in the beating afterward. What did you think of this match? You know, what's funny about that is that I was not able to watch the entire match. I saw the ending of it. And Mm -hmm. I remember I saw, you know, he was clutching his his shoulder and his arm. And I was like, wait, I texted a friend. I was like, wait, what just happened? Is he okay? Is he really hurt? Like, <laughs> I was so concerned. I was like, what's going on? What's going on? And my friend was like, cool down. It's okay. It's going to be okay. <laughs> but he, you're absolutely right. The fact that I didn't even watch the entire match and, and mm-hmm. saw the end and I was just still riveted, I was like, this guy you know what, just just keep him here for as long as he possibly can. I love it. You could tell he's happy being there. He's doing amazing work. I'm like, I want to see more of this. Give me that soap opera storyline. Just just keep it going. Just keep it going. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you have to do. I love it. And I loved, like I said, I loved his selling. I loved kind of just everything he was doing here. Yeah. And uh, this led, of course, to a really great backstage segment where Renee tries to catch up with him. And she asked Doc Sampson about his shoulder. And Brian, again, if you don't, it's not so much, when I say Brian is the greatest of all time, the reason I say this is because there's nothing Brian Danielson is bad at. When you, yeah. like, even when he, WWE tried to introduce him, they were like, well, he doesn't have mic skills or charisma. Fuck that. Brian Danielson <laughs> is one of the best talkers and he is a believable talker. And when yeah. they put that mic in front of him and he just starts going off about the fact that if he said, you know, it's a partial tear, then that means I'm still good to go. You give me whatever. Uh, and of course, it's going to be Timothy Thatcher next week. Oh, my God. But Brian, uh, the way he was going off on Doc Sampson and then turns to the camera and goes off on MJF, just amazing, amazing stuff. And MJF was great here, too. We had to sit down with MJF. And MJF talked about how when he made the announcement that it's going to be Timothy Thatcher. I think MJF is showing some uh, some depth here. I know people say he's done the final boss stuff before. But it's a piece of his character. Um, and it's become a big piece of who he is. And I thought MJF here really got to remind us and show us what he's made of. Um, 
I'm very much looking forward to how this concludes. I keep seeing people in the chat asking, um, where is Swerve, where is Swerve? Um, good question. Uh, well, good question that I have an answer to, but I'm not going to spoil. Um, so just keep watching. Um, but just know that Revolution is going to pay off a lot of what we've seen from Swerve in the and that's still the plan uh and as far as the well then we had two more matches yes. two more matches we got to talk about ruby soho versus tony storm Ooh. uh this was originally supposed to be a three-way instead we had a one-on-one -on -one match um and ruby soho versus tony storm saw uh and and we had we we had backstage promos during both entrances to kind of tell us where both stand. Where you know Ruby, you know Tony Storm didn't understand why Ruby Soho was taking the side of these homegrown talents. Yeah. You know when you're from where I'm from, and you know Ruby was like, "Yeah, I have your background, but I didn't truly find myself. I didn't find where I wanted to be till I was here in AEW, and this is my home." And I like that. I like that Ruby has a little bit that's kind of tearing her. In, uh, a part that she does feel that's what I said I wanted to see was Ruby Soho be kind of the centerpiece of yeah she's got the WWE background but also AEW it has really given her an identity that she didn't really have before so therefore uh which one is it uh and so yeah Ruby versus Tony Storm here I liked it uh, yeah. oh yeah yeah I liked it a lot um I liked Tony really playing up the heel stuff, uh, especially after she took the headbutt from Ruby Soho and then um, <laughs> really started playing on the referee sympathies until, uh, but she was just playing possum. But Britt Baker's music hit. Britt <clears throat> Baker distracting uh, Tony Storm, allowing Ruby to get the victory. I didn't think Ruby was just going to outright get a victory here, but she did. Yeah, same, same. And then I, I'm like, did I miss something? Because where was she? Was she to, did they end that? That no, whole... she is just not there this week. She's actually in Japan right now, uh, really? as we speak. So, um, okay. so still going. That was just uh, uh, last week. Obviously, they did the stuff with Sheeta. This week, um, no real follow up. But she is also literally, as we speak, in Japan. Gotcha. Um, but finally, finally. Oh. <sighs> mm. Jay Lethal took on Mark Briscoe. We had Ian Riccoboni, Caprice Coleman on commentary. This was emotional. Jay Lethal made me really lose it. But honestly, I think I couldn't keep it together when Mark Briscoe came out with both belts. And he was announced still as one half of the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. Because as far as... We're concerned the Briscoes are still the tag team champions. The way these two put on a match that was clearly made as a tribute to Jay Briscoe was just beautiful. Um, the table spot, the Jay Driller, everything about this. Bobby Cruz. But this just felt like an homage to Ring of Honor. But in thinking, feeling like an homage to Ring of Honor, it felt like 
an homage to Jay Briscoe, who has been an absolute piece of Ring of Honor. Literally, and I'm glad they referenced this too. They're Ring of Honor Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. The the Briscoes are. Of course, Jay got the victory. Of course, he got it with, and not Jay. Of course, Mark got the victory with the Jay Driller. Of course, he did. He beat Jay, Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal makes his way out of the ring. He makes his way up the ramp. Um, and uh, he joins the rest of the roster who are all out there. We saw the Young Bucks. We saw Samoa Joe. We saw so many Ring of Honor guys, but so much AEW talent, just so much talent in general on that ramp showing their love for Jay Briscoe. Mark getting to talk to the camera, told Jay he loved him, told the family he loved him. This was great stuff. What did you think? I mean, it, it's just, it. I can understand why some people thought it was bittersweet because it took, unfortunately, Jay's passing for this to, you know, for Mark to step into the ring. But for the fact of it being a tribute to Jay and, and just the Briscoe brothers legacy, it was, and I tweeted, I said it was beautiful. It just, from the moment we saw Jay Lethal come down that ramp and he he could barely hold it together. He was crying and it was just, I just tipped my, my hat off to both for them being able to even put on the match under these circumstances and to be able to perform. And at the end, like you said, just, just seeing Mark and, and what he was saying to his family and to Jay and, and seeing him go up that ramp with those belts and, and everyone in the back, it was, it was super emotional. And I, I'm really happy that he was able to do it for his brother and, and to be able that they were able to pull everything off, you know, that Tony Khan was able to do this and have this happen. And I couldn't have thought of another, of a better way that this tribute could have gone. And then also to have Ian and Caprice on commentary, just, pulling everything together with what they were saying and, and pulling people in. That was extraordinary. They did a fabulous job. It just was so quintessentially Ring of Honor. And and it was great. Absolutely fantastic. I really, by the end of it, I just, I was like, I, you know, I had tears in my eyes. It was just, it, it, it was beautiful. It was really, it really was. lovely and just well done. Very well done. On TV. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad we got it on TV. I'm probably, like I said, I'm going to watch the the tribute show. I'll probably put that on just in the background today. <sighs> Jay Briscoe. I, I like I said, I still can't believe he's gone. Um, but I'm I'm really glad he got to be honored in that way, and I'm glad they got to go off the air paying tribute to him. And AEW ratings are in. How'd the show do? The fans turned out for it. Uh, we have uh, AEW Dynamite was back over a million this week. Um, it did 1,003,000 viewers, uh, which was good for a 0.32 rating. This was the highest rating since October 5th, um, which was also the last time the show did over a million. Um, and uh, it was ranked number three, only behind the two NBA games on ESPN this show did great uh and I think it deserved to I think that um I've really been happy with Dynamite's 
uh, January, and it's been a good been a good month. Um, uh, I hate that it had to end on the note it ended on. Um, I also have one really important question, and I hope AEW thinks to answer this eventually, which is. Um, Why didn't the Blackpool Combat Club help Brian? What's up with them? <laughs> Great point. So that's all. Point. I wonder, uh, you know, if that has to do with Regal's leaving and perhaps uh, even so. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to leave that one alone. <laughs> well, I mean, well, I mean, there is a point they could address there of like, hey, Regal betrayed the group, but Brian has been the only one who felt who stuck by Regal through it all. Do they feel that Regal, I mean, do they feel a little slighted by Brian? Very true. Why did the Blackpool Combat Club not help? Uh, I want to read these last few Super Chats, and then I got to get out of here and pick my son up from school. Uh, Let's see. We've got, I think I read every Super Chat. And so I want to get to the last of the Humper Chats, which... Uh, let's see. This one is from Van Twin Blade, and it's actually kind of funny. Uh, so I'm <laughs> going to read this. But it says, says, Dearest Chi-Town Spurs, your insult to my home yesterday did not go unnoticed. I must now respond. You dress like Humpty. Kindest regards, Van. <laughs> and uh, Pablo with the last one saying, Love that we're getting a nuanced Ruby story instead of the outdated all outsiders are automatically uh, with the outsider heel group. Buddy in action reminded me I need House of Black to do more. Fantasy book Adam's uh, Adam Cole Bebe's face first feud. Oh, I get it. Adam Bebe face is what he called him. Um, His first feud. Uh, Like I said, I would like to see Ethan Page. Um, I think that that's kind of a good one to, to go over the first time. That's that's that one. But anyway, we got to go, folks. Uh, thank you for being here for another edition of Day After Dynamite. Candice, make some plugs. Yes, please. So everyone, first and foremost, if you're not buying your copy of PWI, you can go to pwi-online.com for the latest and greatest. A lot of great content on there, including, of course, our year in review and the awards, all the lovely awards. I'm Candice Cordelia. You can follow me on Twitter at Candice Cordelia right there on the screen. I'm also on Insta at ThatGirlCandice16. I hope to hear from you. Feel free to send a message, say hi, I don't like. And thanks for tuning in. This was awesome. Yes, thank you, everybody who tuned in. I'm literally about to leave and go pick up my son. I have my car keys. I put my coat on. I have to go pick this little boy up from school. So thank you, Candice. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. This has been Day After Dynamite. I'm Will Washington. We'll see you next time, and have a great day. Peace. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.